0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again.
2: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings. 2020 RSM Classic DraftKings picks and preview bets will be coming towards the end of the show. You can always check the time descriptions to find out what you want to hear about by range. Also, you got to use fantasynational.com. Only two official PGA events left in the season. You get your weekly, use fantasynational.com/slash Mayo. It's like eight bucks, so you should probably go do that now. We're going to have some huge, huge announcements. Come the new year from Fantasy National and uh, something that a lot of you may be very interested in. That's the tease I will give you because I am not at liberty to say any more at this point. It's private stuff, but it'll be public soon enough. And you're all going to fucking enjoy it. Trust me on that one. Ben Raza from AwesomeO.com is on the line. Ben, what if I told you you could donate to Movember? Would you do that? It uh, might be something I'd be interested in. All right. So here's what you do. You go to at best of matt on twitter matt is currently producing this show he has the world's most god-awful mustache right now it's hard to look at it's, act- it's actually affecting the quality of the show so what you have to do is go to his twitter page best of matt there's a movember donation at the very top pinned to the top of his twitter page go donate and he can shave this fucking thing and it'll stop disgusting me so much and it's for a good cause apparently so even better
1: sounds legit okay
2: see i i didn't realize it was for like you know a charity or anything like that i thought he was just raising money and he was going to grow this out for so long be like yeah I, i'm going to need like 5k in order to shave this i went to a piano bar one time and the piano guy just played really shitty piano and you had to pay him to stop it was genius yeah that's that's the long con uh
1: that is a pretty sharp move i'm not gonna lie
2: yeah, you don't even need to be good at this point how was the mm-hmm. masters for you
1: it was all right. It was, I'll be honest. It was, it was frustrating. I was really happy with what I did. My 6-6 six to six percentage was good. I needed a minus one cut, which I didn't get. That hurt to get Fino and those guys in. I, I wanted them out. And then when a 50% owned guy wins, uh, that's usually problematic for me. I had some DJ, but not in the main stuff. Uh, and that really killed what I, I thought were pretty good teams. Cam Smith.
2: And Justin Thomas kept me afloat. Not that I had a winning week on DraftKings by any means. Uh, but I did not lose all of my money, which is always nice. I lost like half my money because I also did not have DJ. I was just like, you know, I like DJ well enough. Everyone knows that he's the play. He's the right price. And we had the, I think we had the ownership projections at like 25%. I was like, it's going to come in higher than that.
3: And yep. if he
2: just doesn't win, I'm fine. And of course, he goes out and <laughs> steamrolls everyone. So you win some, you lose some. Shout out to Ryan Baroff, who won 200K. I assume you didn't have a lineup better than that.
1: No, no, I, I was putting my rooting interest behind that. Uh Congrats to Barov. yeah, Champ got it done for him. It was listen when when you have guys that are that popular, I say this all the time, they're that popular for a reason, and there're gonna be times when you get absolutely crushed uh, if you go against them. But in the you gotta take a, a long term view, and I, I was pretty happy with how everything shook out at the Masters, and honestly, I, we were talking a little before the show, RSM Classic underrated tournament this is actually a pretty good one coming off uh, obviously the biggest tournament of the year
2: and we're gonna fall into a situation much like last week where everyone is on one guy will you fade him or will you play him i think that's the decision this week and i'm fading him so that's gonna be fun
1: listen it's the same story it, obviously i, I view web and, and dj differently obviously for a lot of reasons this is a different field strength um you don't have as many pivots up there but at the same time i don't think web possesses as big of just go out and decimate the field gene there's a lot to break down and that's one of the interesting things about this slate
2: so it's basically the biggest comp course for the rsm and its two courses is the heritage uh, usually the week after the master's in regular times but this year, obviously, a, Heritage was played coming out of COVID. It was the second tournament back, and you had Rory, and you had DJ, and you had Brooks, and you had the superstar field at the Heritage this year. This is actually the Heritage field that we normally get, and somehow it's the week after the Masters again.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a weird, bizarro 2020 thing. As you mentioned, after the Masters is usually a weaker RBC field where it's just the guys that are like, you know, those sponsors, and this is kind of that, so... Uh, we have a polarizing situation up top with Webb. We've got a lot of euros here. That was my first takeaway when I looked. There was a lot of guys who I guess chose to just stay over, and then Andy Sullivan came over. So some different names, different feel of, of what we're doing here.
2: I didn't even notice Andy Sullivan was in the field. Is the Euro still doing the like the DB World Championship and all that stuff?
1: I, I think I don't. I haven't really been paying attention. I think they're in. South. Don't quote me. I think they're in South Africa this week.
2: Yeah. The, the Joe Berg open is happening. I oh, didn't know yeah. if that was a Euro event or if that was just like a, like the major South African oh. event that happens. Cause I saw my guy, uh, Greg, Gregor Hico or whatever the hell his name is. He's not playing somehow.
1: Yeah. There's, I, I remember when I used to play Jocko, you
2: remember that guy? <laughs> Jocko Van Ziel with the little like he, nub putter.
1: Yeah. The nub putter. I love that guy. I don't know what he's doing these days.
2: Oh, if people want to hear a hilarious story, um tune into the very end of the spread pick show this week have you have are you familiar with cuss um just he loves cameron champ did you know this i
1: did i did not know that no
2: so he loved cameron champ um and then he gave up on cameron champ and then cameron champ won the Safeway again and then he got back on to cameron champ after a few good starts then cameron champ was kind of shitty but cameron champ obviously played well last week it turns out that tim thought that cameron champ was arnold palmer's grandson so he just
1: took Sam Saunders' soul? Yeah. Um, okay. I didn't, yeah, this, I, I'm going to have to check out the end of that show to hear this fully explained.
2: Well, it's just funny because Cameron Champ is half black, right? That's true. And I, I don't true. think that Arnold Palmer is black. I'm not sure on that. I don't I, know, how, I know how that works, but um, I just put thought it, it, at it was, it was kind of funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's something. Yeah. Uh, Good old Cust. Uh, I, I'm, I, I am surprised. I'm not sure why I am surprised, though. I could see how
2: that happens. Let's dig into this. We got two courses for the RSM. 156 players. This is the largest field we've seen since the restart. Uh, so the two courses, you have the Seaside course, which is like a 7,005 yards. It's only a par 70, though. Um, 7,060 yards for the par 72. T-Dunks beat Webb Simpson in a playoff last year, costing me a double which I was not too thrilled about. But the players will play each of the courses the first two rounds, and then both rounds three and four will be at Seaside. There's shot link at Seaside. There is not at Plantation. If you're playing Showdown, I actually didn't go back and look at the numbers so I could be completely off base on this, but you just stack Plantation, guys, right? Yes. Uh, you,
1: just, you have to streaks, bonuses, huge advantage by going to the Plantation course. Yeah,
2: two extra par fives. That, that's, yep. that, that's all you really need to know.
1: Literally, that's all you need to know.
2: Yeah. I, I I didn't look into the actual stats behind it, but I said it in my PGA Tour video. Uh, I was like, well, I really hope this is true." <laughs> just trying. to Yeah, figure, I mean, I don't have the throat. numbers
1: either, but I, I feel pretty strongly saying, "Yeah, you have to do that." I mean, it, it would be pretty outrageous to, to go the other way.
2: The problem this week, especially in terms of the betting market, because I saw Webb was seven to one, and Hatton was twenty to one. I was like, "Well, that just makes Hatton a severely better play," is he does not have. Webb doesn't have one point, or sorry, 2.2 times the win equity of Terrell Hatton. Um, I just Um at, at least in my mind, he doesn't. But anyone can kind of win at this course. It's one of those courses where all, I mean, everyone's not going to have a chance to win. Like, if we go down to the bottom and we see, I don't know, I was going to say Michael Kim, but he could potentially still win. Like, Kevin Stadler, he, one of the worst players in the field. Like, he could technically win here. Like, his game isn't... So like his skill set isn't so bad that he couldn't win at this course. It's all wedges and it's all putting.
1: So this is the problem with, with Webb in general this week. A lot of times, like DJ last week when it was, I really felt, and I still feel this way. If you rostered him, you were literally drawing to him basically winning the tournament. In a field like this, the winner could come from any range. So if Webb, who is by far the safest play, comes in like 12th, actually could be really useful um and that's the concerning part about fading him for me i'm still going to look for ways to probably get underweight if he's like 40 percent owned but that's the one concern i have is that Webb's floor really helps out because the winner could come from any range unlike the masters i felt pretty confident it was going to be a big name
2: yeah, and, and at these non-major tournaments we, obviously we had the masters we had the u.s open and guys from the top of the board ended up winning almost at every single other tournament it's been like a six thousand dollar player
1: and that's what I'm saying. So it's like, if that person takes all the placement points, Webb's, what, what you need to return value for Webb is mitigated. And he's by far, to me, the most likely person to top 20 to top 10. Um, and that's where it's an interesting situation. So if you get another big time winner, of course, Webb is in big trouble. But if you don't, if you get a winner from the six or 7K range, Webb is probably more likely than not in that optimal.
2: Yeah, then it just becomes like when you go to betting sites and they give you group betting, and it's like here are five guys, Webb Simpson's the favorite of these five guys. Essentially, that's what this would turn into is that he would have to beat M, Fleetwood, Hatton, and Henley.
1: Correct. Um, And and that's where, you know, if those guys don't play great, he could, like I said, he could get you there with a a score that you would normally not take at 11,200. So we have to keep an eye on that. I still think... More often than not, though, when a guy is that popular, uh, it's not to say I'm full fading him. I like Webb. He's the safest play. I just don't know how you fully leverage unless you want to lock him in.
2: Looking at it right now, looking at the ownership projections, we're doing this on a Wednesday afternoon, so they're a bit more accurate than they usually are when we film the show on a Tuesday, although the the hype for this tournament isn't quite there. I think we had far more lineups generated at this point last week by, like, four times than we do for the RSM Classic. But the calculated ownership that we're seeing from Fantasy National right now, again, fantasynational.com slash mayo, if you want to check out all of this stuff, is 22%. However, one of the features that I do like about our ownership projections, because they're not, like, dead on every single time, they're kind of a range, but I like to look at the actual lineup generated, how many times this guy appears in lineups. So the calculated ownership percentage by people like favoriting him are tw- is 22%. When people actually generate lineups, he's in 36% of those lineups. So and that's, he, he could push 40% yeah. here. He could. And you know, just to give
1: uh, over at Osimo, we obviously have pre- premium ownership rankings. And I looked right before I came on the show and we have them right there, uh, just around 40%. I think he could push that, which that's a big number. Um, like I said, I, I can't reiterate. He is made for this course. He wanted heritage, everything that you want Webb does here, but man, that's a huge number. If you're going to get a fraction of the ownership to several other guys,
2: do you buy into, cause I kind of do. this is a strategy. When I won the big money is at the heritage. This is exactly what I played into is that anyone who made the cut at the masters the week before I was like, I'm just not going to play those guys. I'll play everyone else.
1: I, I do think there is something to that. Uh, I break it up a little a little bit differently. I think if it's a I don't say a life changing week, but I think it hurts guys like Fertelli and possibly Corey Connors a little more than it hurts guys like Webb and Fitzy. Who? What, what about Sunjay? Yeah, I think it hurts him because again he was not that he was battling, but he was kind of in contention. Um, I don't know. Sunjay always plays though, so I think that mitigates it a little. I don't. I don't think it's ideal. Uh, I'll tell you this much: if my guy missed the cut at the Masters, I don't worry about that at all. Uh, No,
2: those those are usually the guys who end up winning. The last guy to actually win the week after the Masters after making the cut, uh, he won Heritage after making the cut at the Masters was Kedira, who I bet this week at seven hundred and fifty to one.
1: Well, that's your. You just talked about your big win. Uh, (laughs) That guy has always been good to you, so.
2: And he's actually made the past two cuts, and we're back at you know, what feels like should be a home course for him. I mean, 750 to 1. Why not? It's worth $5, bucks, is not it? Yeah, I mean,
1: when you're getting those odds. You did mention this is a field, truly, it is wide open. Uh, the win equity is not nearly as condensed as we've seen you could have a first-time winner here. You could have a guy from the clouds. So I, I get it, opening up the uh, the numbers.
2: So Webb is Web and Im are both over eleven thousand dollars and over. Then it's Fleetwood Hatton and Henley. I I'm really I don't understand this Hatton, this Hatton pricing. Hatton's the second-ranked player in this field behind Webb by one spot in the world rankings. He's inside the top ten in the world. He's the fourth most expensive guy. I mean I
1: don't get again. I think this is where. People maybe overreact to a miscut at the mat. Like, he's been bad in majors. He's been dominant everywhere else this year. So, I get it. I I, I have no concerns about going right back there. The guy that I'm confused about is Fleetwood. I, I just can't get him right. So, Ty Hatton, for me, at that $800 discount off Webb, is a great starting point.
2: And just looking at the ownership, like, Webb is, like, by far the most owned guy. But, like, Henley is going to be more owned than Hatton, which I get if you, if you run, like, I mean, I'm looking at my modeling right now. I actually have Hatton number three over the past three months, Henley number one. Like Henley has been amazing. And this is the sort of course where you want him. Coastal course, short, Bermuda. That's like the Russell Henley playbook. I get it, but I'd still prefer Hatton. He's just a better player.
1: Same. Um, And yeah, listen, it's not to knock. I like Russell Henley a lot, but I still, I find myself when I see Russell Henley at 10-1, how different is he than Kisner and Harmon? Yeah, he's playing better. He is, but... It's, you're, you're pricing out a lot of that upside, whereas Ty Hatton, I think he's kind of proven he belongs up here. And coming off, again, a miscut to me that means literally nothing. It's disappointing on its own merit that he hasn't shown up in these majors, but he's going to be just fine.
2: So that kind of comes down to the build. Like, if you use Webb, you're going to have to play somewhat stars and scrubs because he's so expensive. Same as Sung Jay. But if you start with Hatton, you can jam in two 9Ks if you want to, or just use Henley along with him. Like, I don't know what to do with Sung Jay, because, again— like Henley, this is a preferred, like, we when we talk about what? Par 70, Bermuda grass, not super long. though that That's this. And Sung plays those courses exceptionally well, too, as does Henley. Like, those three guys in particular are kind of made for this course that I do think that, you know, if you swerve off of them, it's risky, but I do think that is the move here.
1: Yeah, I mean, Sung we saw during the Florida swing. Um, he's a damn good player. It's just, again, about structuring... I, I think it's soft enough that if you want, you can easily take two. Uh, I did that last week, basically exclusively, and it's a different situation, but I'll definitely have lineups that start with two of the five of these guys.
2: I think I might just go Hatton, and then drop to the 9K level, because uh, in the nines... Like, you have players down, like, guys who are better than the guys up top, at least in my mind. Like, you have Fitz, English, Day, Louie, Lowry, Neiman, and Munoz. I don't know how COVID affected Neiman, but he is hilariously underpriced here. Neiman is, like, like you just mentioned,
1: uh, he had to withdraw from the Masters. He's back. He was absolutely dominant um coming in not to mention he took apart he literally took apart heritage 11.2 strokes gained t to green if he putted at all he probably would have won um I love Neiman he makes sense he can easily be your second man and I don't think that he can be your first man and that's a little too balanced in my mind well but-
2: the, it just if you did that your lineup would have to be like Neiman Munoz Connors Kokrak Kisner Harmon like that would be your lineup.
1: yeah it's you're literally just sandwiching to a a ridiculously micro range so Neiman makes sense, though. I, I don't worry about the course fit at all. And coming off, I, I feel like people, one week, you guys off and everyone kind of loses them in, in what we saw at the Masters.
2: And I think that all of these guys will end up going severely underowned relative to where they should be, because I do think most people will use Webb and probably someone else above $10,000, leaving this range completely barren. Like, is anyone using Jason Day this week? No. He'll be like sub 2% owned.
1: Yeah, well, he –
2: I don't know what to do with him. Um, Pass. Just don't I, play him. Everyone's life is a lot ba- – when it comes down to these certain guys that you know, like the Louis, the Days, I don't think you should ever try to pick your spots with them. Sergio is very much the same way, too. Either you play them or you don't. Don't try to trick your – because you'll just get them wrong every time.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, my strategy is just I always play them. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, yet, Yet somehow I always get them wrong, so I guess that's telling me something. I like Fitzy. I think Louis, if the wind is really up, is totally fine. Um, no problem with that. Neiman certainly my preferred play in the nines, though. I think that's pretty obvious.
2: Uh, I like Lowry as well. Uh, just he okay. continues to strike the ball incredibly well. He did make the cut at the Masters, but he was never really in it by any means. He was you know, played with Tiger the first two days, and this seems like a Shane Lowry course. He's someone who plays well at Heritage as well.
1: Yeah, I have no problem with that. You know, the, listen, I'm not going to knock a guy from making the cut. I, I think it's more important if they really expended a ton of energy to do something like Connors getting into next year's Masters, Sanjay pseudo contending like Fitzy and Lowry. They they made the cut and they played two, you know, stress free days of golf on the weekend. That's no big deal.
2: Are you going to use Fitzy? Because it seems like by the ownership percentages, Harris English is the one everyone is gravitating towards.
1: Yeah, I'm going to use Fitzy. Uh, I do think, you know, Bermuda, this is what he wants to do as well. The results are a little, you know, it's not as good as I wish, but he's a crazy good putter. We know that you can get it done a lot of different ways. I have no problem with him. I'm not running to the window uh, to jam him in, but he's someone I probably will start a few lineups with, actually, if I go way different.
2: Oh, I, I picked C. I was looking, trying to find the wind, and I typed in Sea Island, but it came up as Seal Island, and I didn't notice. I was like, "Where the fuck is this? Where is that?" I, yeah. I, I actually have no idea. I'm trying to completely zoom out here. I'm not familiar with this part of the map. Oh, it's in, it's off. It, it's off one of the little like archipelagos at the bottom of Alaska. <laughs> Probably yeah, not the wind that I'm looking for.
1: Slightly different.
2: Are you surprised that English is going to garner so much ownership over the other names here? <laughs> I mean,
1: I'm surprised that people play him ever, but uh, am I surprised? Not really. I mean, his form has been fantastic. He's only missed one cut basically in like six months. The course history, I I think if people look, will bring up a giant red flag, but a lot of that could be bad data. He's turned the corner. I'm not there. I, I get it. I think he's a fine, maybe a pseudo cash play. To me, there's better upside plays than Harris English, though.
2: Looking at the course history right now, obviously you have Webb Simpson second and third of the past two years. Henley's is hilarious because he's been cut the last two years, but before that he was 10th and he was six. You mentioned English has been cut three of the past four years. This tournament people forget is always really random because you have the two courses. Like it's just weird.
1: Yeah. And it's a huge field. You just mentioned that it's hard to make this cut. No matter who you are, two courses, you can get weird conditions. It's going to, you got to make a lot of putts. There's a lot of variance in this. So You're not going to find a ton of guys that are just automatic cut makers in this type of situation.
2: Looking back at last year, it was like the all-putting team. Uh, You had Webb, Munoz, Todd, Norlander, McCarthy, Norin. Will Gordon actually had a top 10 last year here. Brian Stewart, Brian Harmon, JT Poston. These are the guys who ended up playing well here a year ago. But the field obviously wasn't as strong.
1: No, but you need, I mean, to me, this is a pretty easy course to, like, break down. You need to hit those irons. You need to give yourself a lot of birdie chances, and you need to make some. Uh, you, you can't, there's some guys that if, if you don't putt at all, it's going to be really
2: difficult. The more you keep telling, like, the, the fact that you brought up Louie, I wasn't even thinking about Louie, but if it is one of these types of courses, like him and Day between the two, d- it does feel like one of them is just going to put the lights out.
1: Louie, to me, he's been putting very well. He's shown that he can handle like I, I see a little Valspar in this. Um, he's crafty around the greens. If it's again, I think it needs to play tougher for him to really get in the mix. But uh, from what I've seen from the wind, it could be quite windy. So I, I have some Louis interest.
2: Uh, are you going to play the 23 percent Sebastian Munoz?
1: No, not not in this lifetime. Um, <laughs> he's great. I got to give him credit, though. He every time I think is a spot to jump off. He just continues to churn out quality finishes, but I'm not going to play him here, I don't think.
2: I, I'm not either. It's it's not that it's too expensive. It's too expensive, plus everyone is using him. Like Everyone is yeah. using M- yeah. Munoz, Connors, and Fratelli instead of using, at least in my mind, the better players completely sandwiched around them.
1: Correct. Uh, anytime I get a, a combination of slightly overpriced, slightly over-owned, uh, coming off what I would deem a not great situation, it's it's probably a spot I, I look to fade.
2: What do you do in the eight Ks? Because this is where you got the names. You got Connors and Fratelli coming off fantastic weeks, getting themselves into the Masters next year. Kokrak, the Chalk Bomb. Everyone Thank was God. on Kokrak, and he was playing well until he wasn't. Kisner, Herman, Rose, Poulter, CH3, who won here two years ago. Mac Hughes, who's a former champion here. Doc Redmond, Zach Johnson. The only two I have stars next to right now. Hughes and Redmond
1: like Redmond a lot. Uh, Fair price can get it done. T to green. got to make some putts, but he can do that as well. Interest. So do you not like Kisner and Harmon to me? You know, they're two guys. They're staple of this event. Harmon's just automatic right now, making cuts. Kisner's not playing well, but he loves this place. What do you do with them?
2: I mean, I usually don't play them anyway. These are guys that I play when they're like $7,200 players. Okay. That's fair. And and I I know they're properly priced in this field, but I don't know. Like, unless... uh, Harmon really has, what does he made 13 cuts in a row or something? It's ridiculous. He's been just dealing. With no top 10s?
1: Yeah. I mean, Harmon to me is... I think you play him in cash tournaments, depending on the ownership, you can kind of do what you want. Kisner to me is the opposite. Uh, I bet Kisner, actually. I I like them more in the outright market than in the DFS side of things, because... I think the upside is there, but he's not playing great. I was disappointed. I know Augusta is not a good course for him, but I I thought he would play better last week.
2: I think I'd be more prone to go to players who are going to be one third the ownership like Rose or Poulter.
1: Yeah, I mean, Poulter, Rose, I'll be honest. I just don't know what to do. He he seems overpriced. He seems underpriced. I, I don't know. He's all over the map. He was good at heritage. He can make his fair share of putts. Pulter seems less variance. He kind of just does his thing, and it's another good course for him.
2: He's someone who's played Heritage well in the past, but he had been playing like garbage going into the Masters, and he ended up coming t twenty five.
1: Yeah, he makes the cut. I, he was on my main team, and he he got a little dicey, but he just kind of does his thing. He makes timely putts. Doc Redman, probably my favorite in the whole range, though. I really like the spot for him.
2: Well, it's you in the world. Love Doc Redman this week. I, I bet him to win at eighty to one, or sixty. Sorry, seventy to one.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, part of the problem, and we'll get to him in a second, I, I seriously was considering playing like almost 100% Sam Burns.
2: Well, he withdrew.
1: Yeah, I, I'm probably not going to do that now, uh, but I really like that spot. So all those shares, some of them are getting dispersed to Doc Redman.
2: Just looking at it right now, I, I just the projected ownership on Doc Redman is like it's going to be over 20%. I'm surprised that Taylor Meh. Gooch doesn't have a similar type of one at the same price because he has two top fives in his past three starts. And this is an irons and putting course, the two things that he can like, kind of do well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. T- Taylor Gooch is a difficult one for me. He's kind of a guy that I like to target. I know the f- strength of the field is elevated and the form. I, I like to target him as like a 1% flyer more than a spot that fits. I'm kind of surprised that coming off and, and I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth there, CT pan fits this course perfectly, but he was absolutely from the clouds last week. What a finish for him. But man, you couldn't think of a better spot for C.T. Pan just in general.
2: No, just j- like when you look at the overall corollaries of these courses, we keep talking about heritage similar. Uh, obviously, one is in Georgia, one is in South Carolina. Uh, they're pretty close to each other. They're both coastal courses. They're both Bermuda Yeah, w- within like a range of each other. And they're both short. So that's the type of thing that you want to talk about. is also the crossover here. Yep. And Pan has come second at Wyndham and he's won heritage. I, I kind of agree with you. I just, I still have no faith in the guy, despite the fact that he's made eight cuts in a row.
1: He's playing well and obviously exploded last week, but he's starting to find some form. And this, this is one of the guys, like I said, every core layer you look at he's got, and he's played well here before. I, I do like, he's the one guy of, you know, the group that we talked about where you make a cut, and you get in the mix, and, and it's kind of a, a crowning achievement type week in some ways. I'm still going to have some CT Pan just because I, I love the course for him. I think this is tailor made for a good finish.
2: I'm just going to go on fantasynational.com right now and I'm going to isolate Heritage and Sedgefield. I'm actually going to leave out the RSM courses and just see who pops up. I guarantee it's like fucking Brian Stewart or something like that. Get that uh, going. Do I want all? Oh, no, I'll go last two years and just see who has played the best of these guys probably need to go a bit deeper than that. But once that loads probably up, Snedeker somehow. It'll be Snedeker. Uh, let's see. It's Webb, actually Webb, Poston, Poulter, Neiman, Jim Herman, obviously after, after the Windham, Kokrak, Kuchar, English, Lowry, Sam Burns would have been up there. And then Cameron Davis, then Hatton, Kisner, Sabatini. Sabatini always plays these courses really well. I always forget. A, I always forget he's in the field most of the time.
1: Yeah. He's a, he's a classic Saturday, He's just an eighth, and I'm just like, well, was he in the player pool, like, or was he a late ad? And then he was, and everyone played him except May.
2: Uh, so 7Ks, you like the Panama. You're a Panamaniac this week. Is this a True. good spot to go to Todd? He has been playing like old Brendan Todd again. Not good old Brendan Todd, but like bad <laughs> old Brendan Todd. But this is like the type of time. This is where he got going last year. It was Bermuda, then it was here, and then it was at the OHL. Like This is the perfect course for him, isn't it? <laughs> great course for him I
1: part of me is uh, like when he was putting the lights out and playing fantastic I, I was on the wrong side of a lot of those and I've continued to short him and now it's starting to pay off I'm I'm gonna need to wait and see there's too many guys the opportunity cost in addition to him just playing awful I'd rather play pan I'd rather play gooch straka
2: is there Um, i like straka this week but uh, yeah it's it's weird because the guys that i mean everyone's going to kind of like the same guys like verner is going to carry a bunch of ownership so is straka so is denny and austin cook is hovering right around like nine percent i bet austin cook to win as well at 100 to 1 but then you get players who are just objectively better than them who no one is using like westwood no one's using pan who you mentioned Gooch. Todd, Norrin Wallace is projected under 1% ownership. Byrne, under 1%. Shez, like, 5%. Kucher 3%. Like, is it just a way to gamble on these guys who have, like, a long-term baseline of being good?
1: I'm sad that Aaron Wise didn't make your list of players who are better than those guys. Um, hey, yeah.
2: have you been winning all of the money recently with him playing well again? No.
1: I've been closer though, at least like it keeps my interest past Friday at like nine P nine AM. Now I get to like noon. Um, yeah, listen, I I do think that in a tournament like this, you really have to open it up because the winners could come from here. It's not just, Oh, I'll try to get some guys to make the cut. now you can't play everybody, but you don't need that much leverage to get over on a lot of these guys, particularly the euros. You mentioned Wallace, um, weisberger i want to get to but honestly i probably won't there's just a lot of guys in this range that i, I think make for really good tournament plays and i plan to really hit this range heavily
2: uh the other one, i mean right below wise is charl who made the cut at the mass no, actually had God. like a little bit of a charge you talked about valspar like of course where he's won before
1: Charles, uh, i mean maverick is probably going to take those shares for me i'll oh, be great. honest
2: I have had I have Hadwin projected under a uh,
1: percent. I don't know what Hadwin's deal. Like he he had just been like randomly making cuts, and then he finally missed. Um, this is this is where you got to separate because like you- you're right, HV three is going to garner a ton of interest. You have a lot of one offs. You mentioned Kucher. I don't know what to make of him. He's just been piss poor, just like Stenson. Uh God. I I think for me. May- more Maverick, Knox, as we work lower, obviously Griot,
2: you know, the regulars. I'm going back to Malnati and I don't care. Dear God. That Everyone, guy. People used him at like $10,000. Now no one's using him at $7,000.
1: I didn't use him at $10,000. I thought that was crazy, but I mean, he is an ungodly good putter. Why? And I know this is a great test of Why is his course history so bad? Was it just because he was playing so bad in
2: general? I really don't know. Maybe that there's something to this course that just doesn't fit his eye. Maybe it's just like, you know, course history. It could just be a random thing where this is where it just all hit its head. Like, where does this usually fall on the schedule? It's like after, is this usually after Mayakoba? Maybe some guys coming back from Mexico to come to this tournament that it doesn't really work for them. And now it's the opposite this year. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just been four straight missed cuts and a 75th. Uh, That's not the greatest thing. I mean, what about your boy List? Have you just, like, given up on him?
2: Yeah, basically.
1: Okay. Your life's probably a lot better now.
2: I I have less stress. Although, Mm. upside-wise, in this range, he's probably the guy. Like, the defending champ is 2% owned because he missed the cut at the Masters.
1: I I do think, in general, that is one of the things to take away. Like... The overarching importance of making the cut at the Masters is just... To me, it's zero. I, I could care less. Uh, I think people do weigh it way too
2: heavily. Even scanning the 6K range, I don't think I have anyone projected over 5%. So you can pick basically whoever you want here. I have the GIM. a uh, GIM is the only one over 5% actually. The GIM Reaper, which I said in that PGA video. So I'm expecting notes back from the PGA. You can't say that. But I like Gim at 67, I like Kadira at 62, and I like Spawn at 63.
1: I like Doug Gim a lot as well. Um, Makes sense on a lot of different levels. This is where, again, this is where a tournament could be won. You can open it up. I got some flyers here. Harry Higgs. Okay. Harry Higgs, I normally would say, like, ah, this isn't a great course for him. But you know what? I, I comp this a little to, and I, I know it's just one thing. I comp it a little to Bermuda. Uh, and he was very good there. I think there is something to him being able to club down possibly. He can get hot with the putter. He scores like a banshee. If he makes the cut, he's going to outscore his placement. 6,900, no ownership. I looked at him. I looked at Matt Jones. I don't know if I get to Matt Jones.
2: Uh, Scott you Piercy. Need, you need wind if there's going to be a Matt Jones sighting.
1: Definitely. Like if I play I, in a weird way to me, Usti and Matt Jones probably will, will comp for me in some way when I build this week. Uh did you are you on this? Because I look around, Patton Kazire. People are playing him. Is that a real thing?
2: I, I I've heard the exact same thing. I just keep seeing his name pop up in a bunch of places. I was like, Patton Kazire, really?
3: Like
2: yeah, I, I, that's I, not I for me. I, I don't get it. Maybe it's just because like Hudson Swafford won. It's like, wow, it's time for Kazire to to, to launch back in. Like every time that I want to get on Kazire and stuff, like there's indicators pointing to him. He's just absolutely terrible. Yes. And I
1: like, I get he, again, he can get crazy out with the putter. He's ripped off some wins here and there. I, I don't see it. Um, I would rather play a lot of other guys. So I'd rather play Scott Stallings. As much as this pains me, and I, this guy has ki- killed me in the most extreme ways lately, Definitely, I do think you, what?
2: I was going to say, is it Duffner?
1: No, it's worse than that. He oh. literally just left Bermuda when I needed him to stay.
2: Oh, Pat Perez.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that you could play him at 66. That's so low for him. It's so low. Like in a, it, yes, he's an absolute goblin, and he's been killing me. But 66, like that's pretty damn low for a guy that we know. If it gets going and he's interested, he could play pretty well here.
2: James Hahn is another one who people are using in the sixes. Expect a a lot of teams last man in to be Hahn or Gim.
1: Yeah, I do think that there's a a pretty hard cap. People are definitely going to try to end 67. Will be a common end point. I'll be honest, I don't know how much lower. I have a couple guys left below that. I don't know how often I want to go low, though.
2: I I think that you could definitely go lower than that. You can go all the way down to 6,000 and use Scott Harrington if you really wanted to. I'm not suggesting that, but, like, I actually think that J.J. Spawn is a pretty good play at 63.
1: Yeah, I mean, Spawn is someone I've always said that I, I felt like a couple times he was in form and he got hurt, and that really derailed the momentum. Starting to do, he does more out on the West Coast. That's a little concerning, but I don't hate it. Do you have any interest, and this is probably as extreme as I get, in Troy Merritt?
2: No. I I think I only just, just, and this is pure my mind working and not me actually looking at numbers here, but I think if you ever want to use Troy Merritt, use him in June, July, and August, and that's it.
1: I mean, when you look at his, his top finishes in life, they do come in the summer. He's just, he's made three straight cuts. He's gained three straight with the approach. Um... He's got some. He it was a while ago. He had a good showing at Heritage, but like I, I don't know. I, I looked at him. I mean, people want to play Glickage because he's making all these cuts. I don't know about that either.
2: I I enjoy him as like a first round leader bet, but I don't think I'm gonna go anything crazier than that. Uh, I actually pulled up the past twenty four rounds at Harbortown in Sedgefield CC. Webb, Kuchar, Kisner, Poulter, Harris English, top five. Sabatini, Neiman, Poston, Lowry, CT Pan is the rest of the top ten. Then you have, like, Harmon Stenson, Fratelli, Kokrak, Garnett, Cam Davis. Like, Bryce man, Bryce Garnett's 6600 bucks. That guy. He's made three cuts yeah, in I a
1: mean, row. Three cuts in a row doing it with the putter, but he's someone that when he – Yeah, Corrales, OHL, OHL. A lot of OHL in there, huh? (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, Heritage. This does seem like that kind of coastal... I got to ask you then. I mean, I think we all know coastal. Yeah, are you going to GMAC?
2: I don't think... I think I'd rather go to Adam Long, weirdly enough.
1: Okay, that's fair.
2: Because this takes... Like, his worst skill is driving the ball, but he still hits a ton of fairways. He's just not long off the tee. So... I think this is a course where he can get the putter hot. Like his irons can be really good. It just, he's very, once we're down here, like we're, we're talking about sporadic players, but I, I think that Poston at 73 is like a must play.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, it comes down for me. How much do I have to allocate? If it's, if it's more than a couple shares to get over, then I have to take a, a longer look. Like I, I,
2: are, I have Poston projected at
1: 6%. Yeah. Like that is an easy buy. Now, if he's 15%, that's a totally different conversation. And it's not the end all be all, but uh, it's just trying to balance your portfolio. I like guys down there. Like I said, I, Knox, Piercy. Th- there's some names I feel pretty good
2: with. I took a long look at Streelman. I don't know if I'm going to get there, though. The issue is, like, I like even Zhang is below... Uh, oh, boy. Zhang Gang. He's 6400 bucks, But you have, like, Mark Hubbard, who is a very good player, who I just... Didn't even mention he's 6,800. No one's using him. Glover, uh, he missed the cut at the Masters. Oh, sorry. He's now 1% owned because everyone's using Patton Kazire right above him. The, the problem is uh, if, if this really would be a good week to go, like, pure stars and scrubs because these scrubs aren't terrible by any means. Like, there's not a ton of difference besides, like, Cam Davis is 72, for example. Knox is 72. Sink is 73. I know he just won. But you have, like, Damon at 74. Like, these guys aren't significantly better than the $6,200 players.
1: And that, that, again, is why Web is so appealing, because if you get someone from down here, you might actually need to spend the money somewhere else. Web is going to be really helpful if someone from down here really gets in the mix.
2: All right. You want to talk some bets? Sure. You said you bet Kevin Kisner?
1: Yeah. Is that bad?
2: I don't think so. I, I mean, you, okay. might as well, you might as well take a guy who could actually win.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's got a WGC. He can do it. He won um, here. There's one here, I, I, I let it fly on Kisner. Uh,
2: I actually bet way more than I thought I was going to bet this week, which is never a good sign for me. Wow. Well. Um, let's see here. I got Hatton at twenty, at eighteen. Sorry, I missed out on the twenty number. Lowry at thirty nine. Hughes and Redmond at sixty, uh, with the top five each way. I played Poston at ninety with the each way, Cook at hundred, Gim at one twenty five, Spawn at one seventy five, and Kadira at seven fifty.
1: No more naughty. You didn't go for uh, I, I,
2: 50 on Peter. He's he's hundred and fifty to one. Yeah. Oh, I just he, assumed he, he was. was. Like, Let me go check on him right. Here. Might might as well have to add him to the carry if I'm just playing <laughs> bombs and we only have two golf tournaments left.
1: Yeah, yeah. Last last game of the year. Can't hold anything back now.
2: Um, uh, Malnati 125 yeah that's good enough I'll get on him yeah. too take, yeah, my, I bet, take my 20 bucks Peter Malnati I bet
1: Piercy at that number at, at 125 that was as deep as I went
2: well it's all right if Scott Piercy doesn't win he'll just launch a recount into the uh, scoring and then maybe he'll just end up winning like three weeks from now
1: We'll take it any way we can get it. Scott Piercy Um, I,
2: I like that. He is the only athlete that I, and I, I kind of feel bad at this point because maybe he, maybe you should never know what people post on the internet. They just might see something you post it out, but him just having Q on stuff on his Instagram once just has completely skewed my opinion on Scott Piercy
1: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, he
2: might've just hit like, cause sometimes like <laughs> I'll like something and not mean to do it.
1: Fad fingered it. Uh, yeah, it's not like a Grayson situation. Um, Poor Grayson. Yeah, I, this is a, as much, listen, it's not the Masters, but I, I actually like betting these type of tournaments much better. You can get a bomb finish
2: here. Well, it's funny because someone kind of asked me, it's like, well, your Masters picks weren't very good. I was like, I had the guy in second place. So he cashed in 19 to one each way. That was fine. I was like, but it doesn't matter. Like, well, I do enjoy betting the Masters. There's just more bets available, and it's something that people tune into more. I mean, 80 to 1 at the Masters and 80 to 1 at the RSM is exactly the same, except the 80 to 1 guy might actually win the RSM.
1: Yeah. In fact, I'd say it's way more likely that someone from the, like, I'm just looking, you know, like Harry Higgs top 10 finish plus 1,200. Like, I can get down with stuff like that. There are going to be guys who get in the mix here that are just not randos, but are not big time players. And you can really pepper a 16 to one for a top 10. These are guys that I'm taking a long look at. Uh,
2: I also bet Kadira top five, top 10. Kadira's top five was 65 to one and his <laughs> top 10 was 25 to one.
1: Yeah. So if he, if he wins, uh, will we ever see you again, are you, you taking your talents
2: to the beach well unfortunately they put a cap on how much you could bet on Kadira because most of the places like the the main play I saw DraftKings Sportsbook actually had him at 750 to 1 if people want to go check that one out Uh, I just don't have access to that like he's only 400 to 1 on my main book where I could bet more but he's 750 on the other book I was like yeah I might as well just bet the 750 at least I can show a ticket that says 750 if he wins he's not gonna win
1: no but it's all yeah it's all about those Twitter
2: likes so it's that's the name of the game and look I'll take my like 5k that's fine. I, I'm happy with that. It's better than losing like yeah, I do yeah. all the time. I haven't hit a winner yet since the like season restarted.
1: That's the one I, I, I've said a couple times now. Like I've been, I've had some really good tra- chances in DFS. It hasn't materialized. And listen, I caught my fair share of breaks over the last couple of years. I've had a great betting year though. I've hit a couple pretty good outrights and and a lot of you know good top fives, top tens. So that that's been a pleasant surprise because usually not my strongest suit
2: no i just looked at the spawn bet i mean he's 275 to one
1: oh god you're gonna end up making me take a position on jj and then he's gonna just withdraw oh yeah he, he enjoys himself a withdraw but yeah he's a big time uh, wd candidate
2: I, i'm not using any like i'm not betting any first round leaders because on my book they're just not offered this week with the two courses i know some places they are to take plantation guys um uh, Actually, don't. Yeah, do some, do you, actually, do you take Plantation, guys? Because it's a power 72. Yes, yeah, of course you would. <laughs> yes, you definitely. You, yeah, yeah you definitely what am I would. thinking? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, sometimes they splice it. Like you may have, some books have two first round leaders. Uh, but if it's all mixed and it's not shaded, then yes, you want to go to the Plantation side.
2: Yeah, so instead of that, I just took some extra bombs this week. So Post and Cook, Gim, Malnati, Spawn, and Kadira. Uh, 90 to 1 to 750 to 1. I actually just think Hatton's going to win.
1: Yeah. Hey, I mean, it, he's like I said. You take out the majors, nobody's played better. So uh I could get down. With, if Hatton wins, I I probably would snap take that just blindly right now, given what I'm gonna do.
2: I I just didn't understand his odds versus Webb's. I think that's really. I guess the course history is baked into Webb here, and that's why he's so over like such the overwhelming favorite. But I just don't understand it.
1: No, I mean I think we we kind of get that a lot. I I had a similar notion even with a guy like Fitzy, who's around 30 to one. Like, Webb is so... poor. And listen, we saw this with DJ, and Webb could go out and get it done, and I wouldn't even be remotely surprised. But you're still weighing... It's not the percentage of success. It's it's weighing the odds against that percentage, and that's where it gets a little lost for people. Just because it's likely that he plays well, you have to weigh it against his ownership in DFS.
2: All right, that'll do it. Pat Mayo Experience, talking RSM Classic, DraftKings. bets. What do you got going at awesome
1: Yeah, busy, busy. We're getting ready for, obviously, keep everyone keep your eyes peeled. We're going to run some fun specials for Thanksgiving. That's my favorite football slate of the year until the Lions game kicks off, and then it goes poorly, but it's a great time of the year here. So keep an eye out for that. Obviously, golf, we will keep it rolling, and then we'll probably do uh, sneak in a couple Euro breakdowns while we take a little break getting ready for January.
2: Why, why don't you just take some time off?
1: yeah well i mean i I need time off because uh college basketball starts in a week, and oh, shit really? It's three hundred and fifty teams. I don't know much about any of them, so I am going to be busy with college football and college basketball. uh those are my two favorite sports anyway, so
2: more than golf
1: good. more than euro golf? oh well i mean i i I like golf, I enjoy it on the dFs side um, but betting wise, college football by far my favorite.
2: Are you having a good year? I have not made a single college football bet yet.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been actually pretty good. It's just it's not the same without fans. And you literally can't get information like you play these teams and then legitimately they're like, oh, yeah, their, their D line has COVID, the whole line. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, I wish I knew that. Uh, so there's a lot of frustration on that front.
2: All right. That'll do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. DraftKings picks bets for the RSM Classic subscribe and become a member at fantasynational.com right now fantasynational.com slash mayo for that discount subscribe to mayo media network and the audio podcast wherever you find your podcast smash the like rate and review all that fun stuff too cheat sheet will be up on dkplaybooks.com a little bit later on wednesday afternoon i'm pat mayo thanks for watching i'll see you next time